0: Thanks for listening to the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network podcast. I'm Rachel Middleton. We believe influence is an expression of healthy leadership, and leadership is best measured by its influence. We are better together as we grow and advance the kingdom of God. Thanks for joining us. Are you ready? Let's get started.
1: Welcome to our podcast. We're glad you've joined us today. I'm Rick Shields. And I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Atkinson. Just a reminder, we'd be happy to have your input related to our podcast. If you can let us know by sending an email to info at doorways.cc, we'd like to hear if there are topics related to leadership or influence that you'd like for us to explore and to discuss, or maybe there's someone you'd like for us to interview, someone you think uh, might help us understand how leadership and influence work within the context of their life or their community. Uh, Just drop us a note info at doorways.cc, so we can connect with you or with a guest that you'd like to recommend to us. Today, we're joined by my brother, Mike Shields. Mike, it seems like I've known you my whole life. <laughs> you sure <laughs> have. Yeah, we have. Tell us a little bit about this organization that you direct, the Christian Training Network. Tell us what that's about.
0: Christian Training Network was started by my wife's father, over 50 years ago, because there was an express need across all of the countries of Latin America to have a higher postgraduate education program. The ability to educate and prepare ministers and future Christian workers was limited according to the quality of teachers available country by country. And so what Christian Training Network has done is study carefully upon the recommendations of national leaders to amass a tremendous group of the best teachers we can find in all of Latin America. These are the finest we can offer. They have the higher standards of education. More than half have master's degrees. Most of them are active pastors and successful ministries. There are teachers. We have over 125 that are on our list. We are in 18 countries with thousands of students with 18 national representatives across the expanse of Latin America and the Caribbean.
1: So national teachers, these are not people from the United States that are traveling to go and speak and then have their message translated. These are indigenous workers. These are national workers, correct?
0: That's correct. These are all people that are native Spanish speakers. We have a small team of missionary, North American missionaries. This is a cooperative leadership training program with American missionaries and with national leaders. I would say that up to close to 80% of all the leaders of every organization in Latin America are graduates of our program.
1: When you say postgraduate, that means something different perhaps for us in the United States than it does for... Latin America. What are you talking about postgraduate?
0: Most of our Bible schools in Latin America are three-year and are trying to approach 96 credits. So we offer a fourth year, but it's postgraduate because virtually all of them have already graduated in their national setting with a Bible school degree of some kind, either in pastoral theology and ministerial studies. We take them another year in postgraduate, and also propel the very best ones that we can find into our master's program. We have a master's program that takes them even farther into ministerial studies. And it's we feel it's, well, certainly it is the largest training organization in all of Latin America. There's no one bigger in any denomination than us.
1: I think at one point you indicated there may be as many as 8,000 students that are enrolled in
2: this Christian training
1: network.
0: Don't yeah, that's that incredible. Right or wrong. It's now
2: close to 9,000. How do you structure your day in order to operate properly? I mean, how, how do you do that?
0: I think the the key here is having a clear focus on the use of time. And I, I feel like one of the most important things we can teach our pastors, ministers, evangelists, missionaries, Christian leaders, Christian administrators, or Christian schools— all over Latin America, and now because of Zoom, they're coming in from all over the world, the Spanish speakers, is to teach people that they must find focus and time must be an element of great value and you must lead yourself. The greatest challenge that we are finding more and more is that people have to learn how to lead themselves and not become dependent on other leaders' conferences, running here, running there, trying to find someone to speak into their life. The challenge for the 21st century are leaders that know how
1: to lead themselves. So when you're talking about leading yourself, give us a little more insight into that. I think that having
0: a dynamic
1: spiritual
0: life is key to the equilibrium required in the ministry many people, because of the pressure of their tremendous activities that press them to be completely subscribed to activity, lose out on what is the most important thing, and that is to enrich their own soul for a beginning. And so I feel that that is the the very foundation of persons in the ministry.
1: Now, we also have that scripture in Proverbs that talks about iron sharpens iron, or as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So we have to be a little bit careful, don't we, that if we are caring for ourselves and we're leading ourselves, don't we also have to have some others that are kind of in speaking into our lives as well?
0: That's true. We would want that to be an element in a person's life. Unfortunately, for many of the ministers that I interview across Latin America, many of their very isolated areas, they are not close to pastors or mature Christian leaders around them, and they do have friendships, but it becomes more and more incumbent on the individual to enrich themselves, to enrich themselves in the word. And so, yes, we want to have dynamic friendships and relationships. But once again, if you're not in the word every day and you're not spending time with God every day, you need more than a friend.
2: So often we confuse activity with productivity or doing the, you know, just being active as opposed to doing the right things. So, in what advice would you give as far as focusing? Upon the right things. What are the right things to do?
0: That's a great question, Mike. And I I encourage our people, the Stephen Covey model of the four quadrants. We have four quadrants in life. The first one is our daily activities, which some people only live in that quadrant. It's emergencies, it's deposits to make, it's things to buy, it's it's places to go, uh, appointments we have to make, and and it's 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 a list of productivity but it doesn't have the end in mind. Uh, the next quadrant that it talks about is your public personification, which is in your services, on committees, having to go to district meetings, regional meetings, being a member of this committee or that committee, being a teacher at the Bible school, which most of our students are teachers themselves. The other quadrant is family. And that is, do you have time with your wife, with your children, with the people that are significant in your life? And those are different than quadrant one. And Covey recommends that we spend much time in quadrant two, which is the strategic planning of your day, strategically plan. I will spend time with God first. I will plan to be with the most significant people, which like Rick, you suggested with a friend and especially with my wife, my children. And I will read in that quadrant and I will prepare in that quadrant and I will plan my day in that quadrant. If we can convince our leaders and pastors to order their lives in that way, many of them will find themselves a greater level of peace and a greater level of productivity as they go into life.
1: I especially am thankful to have an accountability partner in my life. In fact, Mike Atkinson, you're the guy who pointed me to my friend, John Mm. Mm McVeigh, years ago and said, uh, you might want to get together with him. I remember thinking, oh, yeah, that'll be great. I'll get together once and then I'll never do this again because I had no interest in something like that. And that's been coming up on 20 years, probably that John and I have met almost every other week and uh, tried to help each other. And, And so it's a little difficult what you're saying. Mike Shields, my brother, is that some of these pastures in remote areas, especially have a more difficult time finding another person that they can relate to that they can sharpen their skills with and that they can they can grow together.
0: Yeah again, dealing, just
1: geography does that.
0: Yeah, you're dealing with me in a different, totally different context. When we talk about the American context, transportation is easy, communication is constant, electricity is regular all those things. But I work in areas where electricity is cut off for hours a day, where many of them don't have cars. I just got a note from one of our fine young men, Cuba, no car. They only have minutes a day of telephone available to them because they have to buy it by the minute. It's too expensive to afford. I'm dealing with people that are in extreme areas of isolation. And I'd like to encourage them to have have a regular time with a person as an accountability partner. And I think that they do try to do that. They do try to get to them. But I would have to say that they go for extended periods of time, that they only have the people around them. And sometimes, well, I'd say often, they don't have mature leaders around them. They don't have other pastors around them. And this is where it comes down to a regular time in the word with God, with your wife, with your husband, spending time writing in your journal, sorting out your time, and having a focus. I deal in a culture that's a little different than how we can operate in the United States. And so, I I do want to make that distinction.
1: And the good thing is, here is Christian Training Network that's providing some materials for them to grow. They don't have to take things and interpret it all by themselves. And so by having others who have an opportunity to speak into our lives, and that's where Christian Training Network is a a great model for that, to help them have a way to learn and to grow outside of themselves.
0: Right. They come and live for 30 days in our seminars. They, They form wonderful relationships, friendships. I would say many of them come without a best friend. Many of them come very isolated. And that's a Christian training network. It's called the Zoom in Spanish. They come to a Bible school. They'll stay there for the entire month. They develop these deep and enduring relationships. So I think that that is part of that experience. And I think also another area of it is, is helping people see, like Mike mentioned earlier, it isn't filling your calendar with lots of things to do. Some of, our, some of our leaders have been taught that it's your much activity, running here, running there, doing this, doing that. Those are the things that, that occupy a minister's time or a leader's time in a church setting. Maybe they don't always produce anything. They're busy doing a lot of good things, but they don't have a directive purpose. Is what I'm doing going to have a desired result. What is the result I want? Where is this church going? Where do I want to take it? How will it look three months from now? If I invest myself in this, here it is today. How is it going to look? I encourage our people to look at transformation, not the process, but the transformation. Let's. How do we want to be transformed? How will what I do actually
2: transform the ministries I'm in
0: and the people I'm working with?
2: So I got a question. When you mentioned kind of at the initial start, you talked about a cooperative kind of group in the leadership team. Yes. And so can you kind of explain that dynamic a little bit and what's involved as far as working with others on this?
0: I'm the executive director and my wife is a also executive director on the academic side. We have a committee, an international committee of 10 people that fly in from Mexico, Chile, Guatemala, Costa Rica. Argentina. They come from all over Latin America. We will meet in some country. We'll be meeting next time in Panama, where we've built our new international center. And out of that committee, we deal with all of the issues related to our curriculum, the revising of our course structure, the appointing of teachers, the selecting of new teachers, where we will hold the seminars we have 18 uh, countries and 33 one-month-long seminars year. So there's a lot of planning, a lot of communication goes on with that. So that's how that works.
1: So you obviously can't get to all of these if you have 18. No.
0: Monterey and I have been to 14 international trips this year. We've been in 11 countries. We have um, participated in many of the graduations. But it would be impossible to get to all of them in one year, but we have we could successfully say that we've probably been to ninety percent of all the locations I was in three of the countries this year two times, so it's a it's a pretty intense running uh of the international operation,
2: yeah, I think in, intense is a good word there, so my question for you for our listeners to when you're so involved in in working together with a spouse. How does that intensity work for you guys as a couple? I mean, do you guys operate with, I mean, you, you said you just been into to, on so many visits and you're traveling so many places. How do you guys intentionally create time for yourselves?
0: We create every day a <laughs> devotional time. We spend every morning, uh, even if we're on site when we're traveling, which is a lot, most, probably most of the year. We'll start up very early pull out the scriptures we have a reading plan we will read a chapter we discuss it we have a prayer list that we pray together every day often we'll pick up the phone and call people internationally we'll call some of our reps are going through difficult times we've had several that have died in the last year and we'll call their families we'll call people in crisis we'll pray with them during our devotional time so we try to spend that time of day when we're on the road it is hit the road but Every day, we try to reserve that special time where we're praying together. I take my wife's hand, pray with her every day often. and I put my hands on her head to give her the peace and wisdom and strength to get through the day. That's a feature of our relationship and has been for
1: many years. So COVID has had a real disastrous effect on, on many ministries, especially those ministries that travel. You weren't able to travel much in the last two years. How did you make this work?
0: It was really tough. We had a really tough time. We had plans originally in 2019 to try in the next two years, maybe even three, to get two courses on the internet that we could offer through Zoom. We discussed that. Okay, that's going to be our goal. In March of 2020, we were given an ultimatum by the National Work in Mexico. Either you go online or we're canceling the whole thing. And we went from two courses to all 12. Wow. (laughs) In a matter of six weeks, we converted the entire thing digitally, although I had already converted our academic records to full digital capability a couple of years before. It's a good thing because others were not ready. We were ready. And so then we had our first classes in April of 2020 and it exploded. So right. it's been a really a great thing.
1: So now being able to do everything, do so much of this virtually, is there still the big need to travel like there was?
0: Well, we discovered something. The virtual classes and attendance have virtually collapsed. When people found out that they could come back presencial, in other words, being in classroom. Our classes went from 70 and 80 students online down to 10, 12. We can hardly fill a class now because there's this desire to get back together. And even though Latin America was deeply affected economically, it just damaged their economies. The people are making huge sacrifices to come back. We haven't reached the numbers we had before. We only had 44 in Honduras. We should have had about 50, 55. We only had 44. But... They have come back and next year is even looking brighter. And so we found that, yes, we can do this virtually, but the demand is for being together. And that's what's exciting. It gets back what you say, Rick. Yes, you've got to have accountability and people around you. And that's what they desire. It's just that that's the one time, a one month period in a year that they could come and get that.
1: Mike Atkinson and I had a great conversation with my brother, Mike Shields, about order and structure of our private lives. There was so much good material that we're going to follow up with him in our next podcast. So in our next episode, we'll continue talking with Mike Shields about communication. He'll give us an idea of how he and his wife, Mona Ray, keep up to date with the 9,000 students and over 125 instructors in their Christian training network that reaches leaders in Latin America and the Caribbean. You may not need to keep track of that many, but I believe you'll benefit from their experience. So until then, know that we're better together. Grace and peace to you.
0: Hey friend, that's our show for today. If you enjoyed the content or would like to hear future podcasts, please subscribe so you can be notified when new podcasts are released. On behalf of Mike Atkinson, Rick Shields, and our amazing Doorways Leadership and Influence Network partners, this is Rachel Middleton saying thanks for listening.